When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, McCoy. Hey, McCoy. And thank you for joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and leave us you a five-star review. You asked how we should say hi, and I'd start doing it in sign I language. I love that. Were you, you should do it more often. Were you translating what she was saying, or were you saying something on your own? There? I was, it was at first, it, I was translating what she was saying at first, and then she paused. And then I went on my own. I love it. That's uh, that's spectacular. Say? I said, was thank it you. Mean? No, I just said thank you for coming to the podcast. <laughs> <Was it mean? laughs> Unfortunately, Lindsay's here. I, 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 yeah. It's yeah. Tuesday. I'm concerned today, you guys. <laughs> Espo's trying to tell me over here on Twitter that he refuses to be the fixer of this group. I'm and done. Now, and now I have anxiety, and it's what not group? cool, and it's all Espo's the fault. Show. What group? Our group. Are we broken? From yesterday when we yelled at him for saying That's that he would like to not question. talk to us anymore. Oh, I, I didn't even know he said that. Keep I up. <laughs> you were you there were and you like responded I wasn't even to it. I wasn't even listening to I, him. I mean, we've gotten to the point now in a year of doing this show where I've completely ignored everything Espo has to say. <laughs> I no, I'm sorry. Literally I literally the clip that we put on Twitter. You literally were the first person to respond to it <laughs> when Stop. I said it. I don't know what I do. I just I hit the buttons and I hit send. That's, uh, that's what I do. Okay. Well, hopefully you'll pay attention to today's show. Hopefully. We'll yeah. see. Fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. Because we got quite a packed show, you guys. I mean, I say that a lot, but this time I mean it for real. We've <laughs> got a whole lying. bunch of stuff. First up, we're going to talk about the GM survey that came out today. The Suns did get a little bit of love in it, which was nice to see. Love that for us. And I think we should start with Devin Booker. Why so, not? Devin was voted the best shooting guard in the league with 45% of the votes. Now, last year, James Harden was atop this list. Chris Paul was voted third best point guard with 10% of the votes. Do you guys think this is a pretty deserved? No, ranking? I think it's spot on. I think it's spot on because, listen, Curry and, and Steph, I mean, Curry, you can make the argument, could be one or two. Uh, just because of his shooting prowess, but I mean, largely he's he's considered a one, and uh, obviously Devin Booker is basically a straight up two, and so yeah, I agree with this. And, and listen, like for all the Luca lovers out there, uh, suck it. <laughs> I mean, Devin Booker is the best shooting guard in the NBA. Suck it, Luca. I had I had to do it. Yeah, I, 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 I wish I would have known you were going to do that. I wouldn't have said. It's all right. What I said. Yeah, you opened the door. I feel here. like Thank I, I kind of stole your lob. You, you're the best point guard. You lobbed it. I just yeah, brought right. it home. So, Gerald? Luca's not a shooting guard anyway, so yeah. Okay, don't. we're going to get there. We're <laughs> going to get there. Hold on. Don't worry. We're going to get there. Excellent. But do you feel like Devin should be at the top of this list? Well, yeah. I mean, he's kind of one of the rare guys at his position that can be classified as a shooting guard now because a lot of guys like James Harden, they're, they play more as a point guard anyway. Um, you know, DeMar DeRozan, Bradley Beal, they're not in that same echelon. So, yeah, it was pretty obvious who should be the number one spot. It's good they got this right. Um, pretty definitive. Yeah. Well, I mean, to your point, he's one of the the last true shooting guards you know, left that we have. You know, not a, not a combo, although they did play point book a lot at times. But mm. I, love, I, I love that 
Booker has his position. He does the job. He does it at an elite level, and the GMs recognize that. This should it won't, but this should shut up the trolls and the talking heads because these are the guys that make the decisions on rosters, mm-hmm. and they've said and voted that he's the best shooting guard in the league. I don't know why my shoes keep squeaking. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on I move here? my foot at all. So. I didn't know what that was. Stop dragging your feet. Yeah, and we. We did get to ask Book about it at practice today, and he was saying, you know, stuff like this, it's an honor, but he doesn't pay attention to it, especially because the NBA is increasingly becoming more and more positionless. So in his mind, he's his dad instilled in him growing up, learn your the plays from every position, not just your position. Um, so it is kind of ironic because he is one of the last more traditional two guards in the league, but even his playmaking, you could put him in a different category. So he... He's, you know, he's like, that's nice. Let's move on and, you know, oh, we got the well Lakers Wednesday. Yeah. That's his that's I mean, as well expected should. answer yeah. from Devin on right. that one. Right. Um, okay. So you, you alluded to it, Gerald, with Luca. So I left Luca, or I left the small forward on this graphic here as well. Mm-hmm. Because Luca was voted top three as a point guard, a shooting guard, and a small forward in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Devin also said at practice today that this is kind of, like a hard thing to categorize because of the quote unquote positionless basketball that we see more so today. Mm. But in something like this, do you guys think they should try to at least put them in a particular category? It's stupid on whoever gives the survey, conducts the survey, because if you're, if you're just giving it as an open response, you're going to wind up with him finishing in the top three. You should just designate him uh, as a spot similar to what you have to do in in all-star voting and say he's a forward or he's a shooting guard, whatever, and vote for him at said position. I think it's ridiculous that he can be top three in three positions. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I also like, listen, this is the way I kind of think about these things. When you have a starting five, okay, like last year the Mavs had a starting five, and Jalen Brunson was their point guard, okay, that means Luca's not the point guard, like he's just not, and I don't, I don't believe he's a point guard because the best player on your team is not designated to be the point guard, then he's not a point guard. He's a shooting guard or a small forward. I think he's a small forward because of his size, his height, um, everything that he can do. Like, is he a versatile? Uh, you know, playmaker, obviously, yes. I mean, that's undisputable, but I don't think he's a point guard. And it, it but again, the positionless basketball argument right here is it's valid. Like when we get to the all-star break, like I'd rather just the fans vote on the five best players as opposed to, okay, well, these guards get in, these forwards get in, the center gets in. Like nobody gives a shit anymore about that. Like everybody plays like every position it feels like. Yeah, I, I feel like in height or in build, he's more of a forward. But in in terms of what he does as as their lead facilitator, he's he is a point guard. Like, so I, it is weird that they let him, you know, be slotted in at three different positions. Um, but I don't know. That just speaks to kind of the positionless thing again. Do you think LeBron's a point guard? I mean, he's a point forward. I yeah. mean, that's the weird thing here. Like, you, they, I get that he's the distributor, but. To Saul's point, I mean, if you got a point guard starting if, in the game, how, like, how what's the difference between Luca and LeBron? Luca and LeBron size and <laughs> team fit, like it, it's I mean, dependent both, by but, team. But too. they're both the facilitators on their teams, right? The primary facilitators on their team. So right. if you're going to say LeBron's a point forward, then you have to say that Luca is too, just because of the size and the similarities between the two. Look, I I, I think you're right. It. In the end, it really doesn't matter. Just get rid of the the position concept in any of this stuff, and say who are the five best guys, you know, in in the league, or who are the five best guards, five best forwards. However, you want to do it. If the game's going to move positionless, stop asking questions about yeah. positions because yeah. it's stupid. Yeah. Do you feel like though, if you actually move to eliminating positions almost entirely, does that kind of just the game maybe too much i don't you're i mean you're gonna put the five guys out there uh, one or two of which can be distributors like you're always gonna have people that have to do certain things in the game i think what it is is you're not gonna have the six foot two guy that can distribute as the point guard like we had these very 
structured conventions of what each of these positions were. And I think positionless basketball just means there can be a, a seven foot guy that handles the ball and is your primary distributor. And that's okay. Like, right. I think that's more of what it means. Right. And that, I think that's for me, the difference between Luca and LeBron is I consider Luca more of a point guard because he does handle the rock more than LeBron. He does yeah. facilitate a little bit more than LeBron. Um, LeBron is, is a point forward to me because they have actual point guards like Jalen Brunson's out there, but he's only like under five assists. Like he's not, he's more of a shooting guard in terms of what he brings to the table. So, but again, this doesn't, it, it doesn't really, I don't care. Look, like, what I just what this care. says is the guys making the decisions, the one off ones offering contracts, making trades value Luca and Devin a lot. I mean, that's all that, yeah. that this really means in the end. And we'll take that. Okay. Chris Paul. <laughs> Chris Paul was also voted best leader with 34% of the votes. He was yeah, third best out. basketball IQ with 14% of the votes and third best passer with 10% of the votes. So a lot of nice love for Chris Paul here. Now, Gerald Espa, I kind of want to get your guys' um, thoughts on this because Saul and I were able to have a conversation last week around the question, is Chris Paul washed? Chris Paul's a better passer than Luca. I'm just say that. And mm -hmm. Saul leaned a little bit more to the side of yes. I leaned a little bit more to the side of no. Obviously, GM still think <clears throat> he's got something left in the tank. Where do you guys kind of land on that question? Well, look, I don't, I don't know if he's a hundred percent physically washed or anything, but we're gonna find out how good of a leader he is because this is this is the most tumultuous season he's gonna have to have dealt with here in Phoenix for a myriad of reasons. So if he's this ultimate leader. He's going to have to fill fill the void and and quell a lot of the noise that's going on around this team. If they go out and win another sixty games, and he's that that leader on the court, I think it's undisputed that he's the best leader and one of the best leaders we've seen in the game. But there's a lot we're going to find out about him this year, both from a leadership perspective, and we're going to understand how how he is physically. I mean, he dropped uh, what was it, twelve assists the the other mm -hmm. night in twenty two minutes. Uh, I don't think he's he's done by any means. But, yeah, of course he's going to take a step back this year. Yeah, washed is a strong word for me. I know there are concerns about the way he played in that Mavs series and moving forward. Like, he'll be 38 by the time their next playoff series rolls around. So I get the concern over that. And he probably will take a step backward this year. But I do think a lot of that is because of role. I think what we saw in the first preseason game, what we've heard at a training camp is like they're going to use him off the ball more. They're going to try to save him a little bit more. So come playoff time, he has that energy and isn't having to dribble the ball up the court every single play, zigzagging as guys hound him just to get to across the half court line. So I think that'll help. I do think there's a difference between is he washed and will he hold up in a playoff series? And that's where I still have concerns and I think it's okay to have those concerns but is he washed no he was just named one of the 15 best players in the NBA last season on the all NBA team like he's not washed you're I mean you're 100% right on this young Chris Paul struggled in the playoffs ha got had injuries didn't didn't get his team to move forward so if we're basing it just on his playoff performance that could just be Chris Paul that may have nothing to do with his age listen Manuel and Romero in the chat said it perfectly he ain't washed but the shower's <laughs> on and ready um, my, my thought on Chris Paul again, for, for those of you who weren't here last time, uh, is, is that like, you know, by every definition of being washed, no, he's not, he's not washed they're, they're, that obviously, mm -hmm. but, um, obviously his percentages have gone down in that GM vote. Yeah. So he's, he's hedging towards the, the downside of things. Um, his play last year in the playoffs, first round when we needed him the most, Fantastic. Second round when we needed him the most, not so fantastic. Like um, there was definitely some some signs. And whether you want to say it's COVID or a quad injury or whatever the case may be, as you get older, these things start to to linger and they start to become more prevalent. And they aren't things that you can necessarily fight through anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and it becomes a problem. And I think that's where Chris Paul is right now. I feel like his injuries um, are starting to linger a little longer than normal. And We'll see what that means in the regular season. But again, nobody gives a shit about the regular season. It's about the playoffs. And when, when I'm talking about Chris Paul, I am a million percent, I want to make this clear, I am a million percent talking playoffs and only playoffs because I don't give a shit about the regular season. <laughs> I know what I'm going to get from Chris Paul in the regular season. He's going to be one of the best 
and most efficient players in the league. I know that. Even at this age, even right now, I know what we're going to get. And even if he has a step back in minutes, he's still going to be as efficient as ever. I have no doubt about that. But again, this ain't about the regular season. It's about the playoffs. And we just have to wait until we get to April to figure out what that's going to look like. I just love that even a completely washed Chris Paul is still better than the point guard play we got for like five years here. You could have Mm -hmm. a 50-year-old Chris Paul. He'd still be better than (laughs) half those guys we rolled out. True. Yeah. We got a super chat from Psycho Glue. Thank you for your super chat. Said, Saul, I'll have you know I'm a 13-time all-pro armchair quarterback. (laughs) Don't tell me how to tell people how to do something I've never done before. Also, I'm not worried about Sunday preseason experimenting. <laughs> I'm confused. Why are you mad at Saul? Did I miss it? Did I miss something? Yeah, it's always a good direction to go. We made ten bucks out of it, Saul. It's all right. I don't even know what that's about. But that's what I'm so. I thought it was hilarious, but I'm a little bit confused if I miss something. Whatever uh, it is, Cycle Blue, you're wrong. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit of defense. Mikel Bridges did get some love here. He was voted fourth with 7% of the votes for best perimeter defender in the league. He received votes for most versatile defender in the NBA, but he did not receive any votes for best defensive player in the NBA. Thoughts on this one? I agree with this. I agree with this. Like, listen, I know Mikael Bridges is well-loved here. He's He's got a great personality. He plays hard on the defensive end. Um, he, he can lock up certain guys in the league, but I think we saw that he does have some some weaknesses to his game last year. That's why he put on some size this year. He's tired of getting bodied down low. Uh, I'm sure that Luka experience was something that he was not looking forward to this season in game one. So, um, he, And when you're looking at somebody like Giannis or you're looking at you know the, the other different, like Marcus Smart, the, the thing that Marcus Smart does that, Mar- uh, that Mikhail doesn't do quite yet is he gets other people's skin. So it's as much mental as it is physical in terms of his defensive play. Um, and then Giannis is just a freak. No, it, We're not even going to compare anybody else to Giannis because he's just a freaky, freaky athlete, unlike anything we've ever seen in the NBA. So I agree with this. Go ahead, Despo. I'm, I'm just I'm gonna say, you know, I loved it when they, they voted Devin best shooting guard. I give a crap here. The, the most important vote is defensive player of the year at the end of the year. And McHale finished second last year in that vote. So I don't know. I thought that it was a weird because Marcus Smart was missing from another list. I forget which one, but one of those defensive lists, he he was the reigning defensive player of the year and he wasn't listed on there. And then McHale didn't get a single vote for best defensive player in the NBA, and Andrew Wiggins did. I think like, that was the biggest the thing that everyone was pointing to yeah. is how how are you going to put a vote, even if it's one singular GM, how is there going to be a vote for Andrew Wiggins and not a single vote for Mikael Bridges? I didn't read. Could you not vote for your own player? I don't know. I mean, if, if that could be the Probably. answer, but like, I I don't. I don't think they would allow you to vote for your own player. That would kind of defeat the whole purpose. Why not? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. This is a rant. They randomly survey the GMs. I mean, there's there's a good chance that assistant GMs are filling this out or uh, you know, and stuff, but uh, whatever. I mean, it'll be proven out on the court, and I think, you know, Giannis is a better defender if you're putting it in a vacuum, and he's a better athlete and all those things. So, I, I, listen, like Wiggins absolutely balled out in the playoffs. Cool, but that doesn't mean that he was he's a top tier defender in right. in relation to Mikael Bridges. And yeah, Musab, yeah, Wiggins shut down Tatum. You know what? Tatum also did his best Ben Simmons impersonation <laughs> yeah. in the finals by disappearing at times when he just. He absolutely shouldn't have. So it's it's not all that simple to just put into a hole. Someone said Tatum texting Kobe shut down Tatum. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that man. was such an awkward moment. I'm not going to yeah, lie. That, that was, was very awkward. Fuck. Yeah, but everybody loved that and hated when Book referenced Kobe. So yeah. whatever. Oh, well, yeah. It's because it's Devin Booker. Yeah, we can't love anything that that <laughs> man does. Well, we can. Nobody else can. Mikhail also received votes for the question, which player is the best at moving without the ball? As did Luca, which is ridiculous. (laughs) He doesn't move without the ball. He always has the ball. (laughs) Again, the the Luca love is ridiculous. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. I hate it. I hate it. Do you think there is like a time? Like at what point in time does Luca? Or why hasn't Luca gotten what Book got? 
before the Suns actually had substantial players around him. Because his, What's the difference? Because his teams players. saw more success at an earlier stage and because he was put, putting got prodigy numbers from an earlier stage. Well, like, yeah, I mean, from day one, Luka has been... He's been uh, okay. a top-tier talent. Like right. I think some of it's international play, though, too, because Slovenia had that uh, that dream run through Eurobasket, too, which gave ESPN you know, a, a month of extra Luka love when there was no other basketball going on. Like I, I think that's part of it. And Devin just, if you don't actually know him, he doesn't come off as likable. He doesn't have that that giant grinny smile and the when he complains it's not the wink wink I'm Tim Duncan I'm kind of like Luca does it's I'm angry and I'm coming out here to kick your ass kind of Yeah I think it's more than that though like listen since you know when the NBA was kind of dead the superstars brought it back to life because of what they brought to the tape Magic Johnson and his flair and you know just the trash talk in the NBA at the moment and Michael Jordan and all these guys right the thing about like Luca is is like he embraces that he embraces either being the villain or the hero and it's it sells tickets mm -hmm. like when he shoots a three and he does this stupid little you know smirk or his tongue out or whatever like you want to either punch him in the face or you're celebrating the hell out of that guy Whereas Devin, from time to time, he doesn't really do that as consistently as Luka does. Luka does it every damn game. Devin Booker would drop 40 on your head and not even not blink an eye, not talk shit. He, not, he, won't, he won't have any emotion about it, and that'll be that. And I think that flair is what has already brought people, and especially places like ESPN and TNT, to the forefront for, for Luka. And I think that's, that's as simple as that. And I also think the unfortunately with a lot of people when it comes to media or even just fans their pre-draft conceptions of a player or their conceptions of them at an early age they will stick with those and if a player like devin booker becomes more than what people expected they still hold on they'll they'll still try to keep them down just so they can stay right with luca there were a lot of people that expected him to be good and now that he's even better they can point to him and be like see look what he's doing like i was right about this guy people yeah. are so set in their opinions when it comes to evaluating NBA basketball players, that when a guy breaks free of that expectation, sometimes people have a hard time adjusting or admitting that they were just wrong. Like I, I do think that's part of it in this com comparison here. I could, I definitely could see that. Look, we're gonna constantly see this. Like it, it's just gonna be Luca is gonna be more popular than Devin, which yeah. is fine. I, I don't have a problem with that. My problem is just like. If you're going to rip on one guy for something that's out of his control, why wouldn't you rip on another guy for the exact same situation? Is there a time limit of if Luca doesn't win something in the near future, are people going to start changing their tune? Oh, yeah. Or is it yeah. always yeah. going to be the blame of somebody no, else? It, no, they'll, they'll forever do that. I mean, look what yeah. happened to Charles. You know, Charles was beloved and then missed out on the finals, didn't get the ring. And then, you know, a couple years later, jumped ship to the Rockets. And now he's widely considered one of the one of the best players to never win a championship. And people teased him for it for years. They like still do. they still do. You know, like if Luca doesn't win a ring, he's going to be a fraud. He's going to be a fraud in a lot of people's eyes. Like you need that ring to solidify what you're doing. And that's why you know that's why I never I never buy the argument from people is like, well, why did you jump ship KD from OKC to Golden State? Um, well, KD's like, because I didn't want that slander. Mm -hmm. Like, like that's too many voters and too many writers and too many people in the media have that slant on players. And if they didn't win a ring, then they're second tier. And that's not the case. That's not the case at all. Like Charles Barkley is one of the best players of all time, but he never gets that love. Why? Because he didn't win a ring. Right. And it's that simple. And KD saw the writing on the wall yeah. with James Harden leaving, with Russell Westbrook eventually going to become what he became. Like it, that, we've talked about this before. We find something with every NBA superstar to nag on. Like we did it with Giannis until he won a ring. Like, oh, is Giannis overrated? Oh, he's not skilled, all this shit. We're doing it now with Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. Like, oh, can you win with a center being your best player? All that shit. Instead of just appreciating talent, we got to find one thing to bag on with these guys. We're going to do the same thing with Luka. It's a cycle with any great player until they win a championship. And then it's like, wow, we can celebrate everything about them now. It's well, it's kind of annoying. That was like Dirk. He All of a sudden, mm -hmm. they won the title. And is he the, one of the best power forwards ever? Is he the best? Like, right. That, like that he's happens. been one of the best. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's inevitable. But 
I will I will stand on this corner forever. The way he Devin got seventy ha, will eternally yeah. rub people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, he, I, I just that's that's always going to be a, a, at the forefront for me with it. People just didn't like that. Didn't like the way that they held the seventy sheet of paper up and thought, oh, this guy's hot dogging on a team that lost that game and is going to win, you know, no more than twenty five games in a season. Mm-hmm. That's that's where it stems from. But it's okay when your coach tells you to celebrate the little wins. Then we're going to talk positively about coaches who say that. But when players, <laughs> I, I'm not going to. I digress. <laughs> Back to the GM survey. Next up, coaching. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Monty Williams tied for third as best head coach with Greg Popovich with seven percent of the votes, and he was second in. Which head coach is the best manager slash motivator of people with 28% of the vote? <laughs> We're going to get to something later that I think discredits some of this. Well, one of these things would, is I not would, like the other one in that first group. Do you think ha- this ha- these votes happened before all the, the... The first group was what again? The first group the... was, was best head coach. Just best head Just coach. Just best mm. head coach. Uh, and they have him at three. Tied, tied with, third with Pop. I, I just I don't understand that at all. Like, I don't think he's the top three coach in the NBA. Um, and I think he's had too many. He's had so many opportunities uh, to to prove that by making adjustments um, in in pivotal playoff series that uh, that just haven't come to fruition. And, and like when you're talking about pop, like tied with pop, bro, no, get out of here. There ain't a, they're not a, there's not a person out there in Sonsville, Sonsville, Orange, Planet Orange, whatever we want to call it, the Valley, (laughs) that if Greg Popovich wanted to trade spots with Monty Williams, that they wouldn't be like, ah, yeah, let's do that. Right now. Yeah. I I love Monty. I love Monty, but he's not Pop. I'm, I'm guessing that's probably because the Spurs pop probably gets knocked, unfortunately, because the Spurs are going to be tanking and they're bad and they haven't been good the last couple of years, which isn't fair to him because a coach can only be as good as his players. But um, yeah, I'm I'm somewhat surprised, but not entirely surprised he's there. I think we could debate like Tyrone Liu could be in that mix for sure. Um but I, 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 I do think the coaching side of it, we have to take into account all of the stuff that goes into it. Um, what? It's a comedy. Uh, Eli said, I went to pick up some OGs today and got kicked out when I asked for some uppers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. I agree with Pop gets, it gets knocked because of what the, the performance is. But look, Monty, a handful of years ago, was looked at a guy who couldn't manage a team because of what happened in New Orleans or yeah, New Orleans. Mm. And then, uh, you know, he comes back and it's easy to be high on guys when things are going good, right? You're you magical finals run, you win 64 this year is pivotal for both Monty and James Jones. We're going to know who they are and what they have at the head coach and GM position this year, because this is hard. This is where, everything becomes more difficult and you're gonna understand is this a really great team with a great front office in that culture or is this just a good team that that you know got lucky in some ways over the last two years i think we will learn a lot about both of those individuals i don't i don't know if i buy into that though i think you make a finals run you win 64 games that's not flukish even if you come out with zero titles in that i i think I don't want to use this upcoming year as a referendum on what happened the last two years. I think it's overall perspective, though. Are, are they are they great? Because everybody wants to act like they're they're a great. He's a great GM and James Jones. Monty's a great coach, one of the best in the NBA. There's nothing wrong with being really good, and they may just be really good that happen to find themselves in in the situation where they could yeah. succeed the last two years. There's nothing wrong with that, but we have to separate great from really good at some point. Well, but and years like this do that. That's also, my thing. Is like levels to this though. I, if they're if the last if the team of the last two years is only really good, then no team in Suns history has been great. No, because that team was better. I disagree they with have, that. No I think team in Suns history has been great because when it push came to shove, they could not get it done. There's never been a great Suns head coach. 
There's never been a great Suns general manager because they fall oh, short of the ultimate. No, no, no. I disagree. I, I disagree who's with been, that who's too. been great? It you can't name, be a rings or bust great, approach because great then what are we doing coach. here? Like if it's just rings or bust and everything that falls short of a ring is irrelevant or it's not great or it's just really good, then like that deprives so much of the joy of just watching basketball yeah. in general. Like, I agree. I wouldn't be here if I, I thought that, that like, like, like it's the same argument I just made about Charles Barkley. Like Charles Barkley is a great player. He didn't win, win a ring. That doesn't mean that he, you know, somehow his career is is a fraud. Like I don't believe that. Like I feel like it's the same thing. Like I, Monty can be a, a, a I think Monty's a, a very, very good coach. I don't think he's great yet, but that's not based on championships and playoff performance. It's more for me, it's, player development and management that I feel like he's come short on. Like how many times do we have to sit there and be like, we should probably play Aaron holiday because you never know when you're going to need him. And he didn't touch him. Didn't even play him. And then admitted that he should have played him a lot more. And then in the playoffs, when you needed him the most, he didn't want to go to the bench and he didn't develop guys. He from year one, when I kept saying like, fuck, you got to start trying to implement DA a little bit more in this offense and try to to empower him to do more things offensively. Otherwise, it's gonna come back to haunt you in the playoffs. And then what happened? They they got to the playoffs. They didn't have a third option because nobody knew what the fuck they were doing out there because book and CP3 were getting shut down. Like those are the things that I kind of refer to in terms of money that I think he can correct and make himself one of the greats, but he's just not there right now. I think Cotton Fitzsimmons was one of the great coaches of all time. And I think you, if you talk to Eddie Johnson, he would tell you the same thing. Like, I, and, and, and Paul Westfall, I don't think he was a great coach, but Jerry Colangelo put that whole team together. I think he's clearly one of the greatest, you know, owner CEOs of all time as well. I look at, I, I agree with you on the Charles Barkley and the player side. I look at that different than I look at coaches and GMs. GM is there to put together a roster to win a title, right? And if you don't get there, that's your job. That's the job description is do that. That's why GMs get run, run out of town on the regular a lot more than star players. Coaches the same way. I, and I agree, Cotton Fitzsimmons, his body of work, multiple franchises, what he was able to do and the am amount of wins he amassed, okay, that's a great coach. But I, I want to see... James Jones and Monty Williams finished the job. But, 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 okay. So, Espa, like, I, I hear what you're saying, but I really do. But at the same time, like, look at Sean Marks, right? On paper, he put together as good a team as you could hope for in the NBA, right? And the players and the coach couldn't get it done. Like, okay, so now you got to try and move the coach out and go, try to move this player or whatever. Like, like sometimes it's not just about like what the GM is doing. It's also like sometimes you just don't know what kind of chemistry players have. Like I don't think that the Warriors are are miles ahead of any other team in the no. NBA. Chemistry-wise, they are. And that's also a product of the coach and the system that they're in that they have incorporated. And so it all works together and it all flows. I think uh, uh, James Jones has tried to mirror that as best he can. I think he's doing a good job of that. There's just a, a few tweaks, and I think a few tweaks is what separates the cream from the crop. And that's what I'm saying. That's my whole point. And look, it's on the general manager to understand what's the chemistry. How does this work? On paper, it looks great. In practice, does it? If it doesn't, how do I fix that? Like that, the buck stops with the general manager in terms of yeah, that. Yeah, but you stuff. don't know what Kyrie's all about until Kyrie gets oh, into a situation. You like know that. what Kyrie's all about. Go ask Cleveland. Go ask Boston. You knew what you were getting but he into won a when you acquired in Cleveland. Okay, because he was with LeBron and it worked for that time, right? But you understand who Kyrie Irving is based on things. Sean Marks took a calculated gamble. It blew up in his freaking face. Yeah, but I, I think that there's more to it than just whether you win a championship or not. Like, Rob Palinka is not a good GM. Like, the Lakers fell ass backwards into Anthony Davis and a title. That's not and had like a, a four month GM break. or a great GM. And had a four-month break before they like, even got to the bubble so they could all recover. That's being lucky be you live like, in LA. I, I am not saying that. If you automatically win a title, you're a great GM. Mm. I'm saying that's part of it. And to be in the great area, you have to get the job done and you have to have sustained success. Rob Palinka was a guy that was a, a stooge for LeBron James to get done what he wanted. All right? Brian Catano is 
<laughs> this is a good comment. I'm not going to lie. Espo is just possessed by the ghost of the 90s Bulls front office. Organizations win championships, not players. No. <laughs> Obviously, the players do it, but you gotta, well done, you got to piece the puzzle together, and right. that's the general manager's job. No. And, and I, I, I love that we're arguing the difference look, between great and really good right now. I think, well, I think, I think that's where this all went downhill really fast is because you can be a great team, but Espo, it sounds like you don't want to call anybody great until they win a championship. But then you guys are like, no, great means something completely different well, because, in my mind. Because so I think it, that's the because, where this all kind of went. Because downhill. we've been at 50 plus years of never winning a title, at some point you got to realize that greatness can exist without winning a title. You yeah. know like, who says that? Losers who never won a title. But then what are we doing here? Because we've been here for, we've been. That's what you're doing. You're hoping they win a title. Yeah, of course you are. That's the only reason we come back. But Espo, that doesn't mean they're going to fucking win a title just because it's been 50 years without winning one. Like, what are we doing? If that's not the standard, then why are we bothered? It is the standard, but it's not the standard. Hayden in the comments said, great teams don't win championships all the time. You right. can still enjoy the ride. I you can do still understand and be able to enjoy Did the Did I not enjoy the ride last year? I know you was did. Was I not the dude that was like all in on it? Yeah, of course. I, you can enjoy the ride. But in retrospect, you can say that they don't go into that pantheon. They're still a great team. They're just not a legendary all-time Hall okay, of Fame so, like so see, pantheon team. I think team. that's the difference here. Your your standard legendary is what I'm saying is great. My my really good is what you're saying is you know is great. Like I just I, we're arguing we're splitting hairs here no, but, for but, no reason. But because I could sit here and make the argument that like the Miami Heat, right, when they got to the bubble and they played the Lakers in the finals, that was not a great team. Like there was nothing special about that team. They weren't they weren't phenomenal. But it, had they fucked around and won that championship, I would still feel that way. Because sometimes teams just get lucky and they get hot at the right time. That doesn't mean that they're a, a great team. Like the 64 wins, as much as I bagged on the fact that the regular season doesn't mean shit, and it still doesn't, um, <laughs> like 64 wins still shows you that they have a level of of of, of good play and great play that that was long-lasting more than a flash in the pan in a, in a two- or three-month span. What like, is this bullshit? You just said 64 wins means nothing, but it proves they're great. I, I put on the chaps and ride the fence. The consistency. Bullshit. The consistency. <laughs> the consistency. The consistency is what makes the great players great. Like, you can be good for, like, one year. Cool. The, look at the Bucks. The Bucks have the maybe one of the best players of all time on their team. Does that mean their team is great, or does no. that just mean that he's great? It means he's great and that their GM, for one year, put together the right mix of players and chemistry to get them over the top. Oh, man. All right, we're going to put a pause on this <laughs> because we're going to have to start cutting things out of today's show. Because we have gone off the rails. So while you guys compose yourself, let me tell you about this really cool thing that ASU Hockey and Four Peaks and PHNX are doing. So ASU Hockey's home opener, the first game at Mullet Arena, is right around the corner. And you can join our PHNX Sun Devils crew for our first official PHNX Sun Devils takeover at Four Peaks on Friday, October 14th. Mm, so No, you can't. The only way you can is if you're a member. Well, I'm working mm. on getting there. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Bury in the lead. PHNX members can purchase your takeover tickets today, which gets you a ticket to the game, two Four Peaks beers, free food, giveaways, tailgate games, and more. Purchase um, through the link in our members-only Discord. And if you are not a member, become a member today so that you can get access to that Discord you can get access to all the sweet, sweet content over at gophnx.com, and you can get access to purchase your tickets to this takeover. Just a reminder, you do have to be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks beer, and we ask you enjoy responsibly, but anybody can join us for the takeover if you're a member. Let, let me make this very clear. I'm not fixing this problem after the show. I'll just let you know. <laughs> oh, really? To circle all the way back. Oh, really? Also, Eli has said this comment twice in the chat now. Um, those four peak style fries are goaded and he gave you a yes. shout out Saul for putting him on that. So if you guys haven't tried it, definitely try those four peaks, um, fries. Also game time. If you guys are looking for tickets, whether it's to sporting events or concerts or anything of that sort, 
Highly recommend you guys check out Game Time and use the link in our description to check them out because you can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy them last minute. It's great for procrastinators out there just like me. I think what we had, we saw tickets on Sunday's preseason game for as low as a single dollar. A dollar. I think there's $4 tickets for the Kings game last time I checked. Like you guys, you can't get any better than using game time to buy your tickets and use the link again that's in our description to buy them because it's the best way to support us. And you know that we appreciate your support. We put the link in the comments too for everyone here on YouTube watching live with us. Okay. Lindsay, you have any downers for me? You're so funny, Ezra. I stole that from the chat. Anyways, hello. Thank you for the joke. So funny. Okay, let's get into other things that we can argue about. This one, I think. We'll... I don't. I think we're all going to be on the same ta- same page with this one. But we did get an update. We got an update, you guys, on Devin Booker's Instagram post from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yes, the exact type of journalism that you come here for. Update. Let's play the video. LeBron, I think that sort of speaks to how you felt about it, but I'll ask no, you. man, it's just one of the interviews that sticks in my head. I remember watching it live, man. You know, it just comes with it, man. A lot, a lot of criticism comes with, you know, playing sport or being on TV. And, you know, it's just a perspective thing. Everybody take a look in the mirror and, you know, nobody's perfect. Um, and that's just how I felt at the time. But that was that in reaction to the game or reaction to what was said about the game? It's more of a life statement, you know. Um, And people might take it. You know, I remember when he when he first said it, people didn't take it well. So I knew I knew what was coming. I love that he just had that grin on his face. Like I knew people were gonna take this bad, but I fucking did it anyway. Like I I appreciate that he said it's more of a life statement than just about the preseason game. Like, I'm I'm sick of people being able to say whatever they want to me on social media. Now it's my turn to say what I thought, so I'm I'm cool with it. M- Michael Jordan had the F them kids. And <laughs> Book has F them people, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Screw you all. This is where he's at. I just think it's really funny that we've gotten to the point where these are the type of things that are being asked in these sort of settings. It's mm-hmm. hilarious to me, but... There you go. That's your update on the whole chaos that Devin Booker's Instagram story caused on social media yesterday. On a not so fun note, maybe this one will make us argue more. We also got an update on the Monty DA situation. Side note, before we play this video, Gerald and or anybody here at PHNX was not the one who asked the question. Okay. I coach DeAndre every day in practice, and I've already said this. I'm not going to keep talking about every time I sit down and talk with somebody. I'm not going to address it or, or you know, make a, a statement about it. I coach him hard every day in practice. You see he's here getting his work in. Like That's what we expect of our guys. And talking about whether or not I talk to a guy, I think it's kind of senseless. Well, I'll sit down, just air, air some things out. We don't need to air anything out. That's, that's my point. I'm not going to keep addressing that. It's like he's the player, I'm the coach, just like with Book and Chris and Mikhail. DA gets his work in every day. He's at 22 and 12 in 20 minutes. Like, those are the kinds of things that we expect from him. I don't need to sit down and talk to him about it. I, I like this. This mm-hmm. is... He's he's got a job to do. I got a job to do. We're both gonna do our jobs. We don't have to like each other. We just have to work well together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was talking to EJ the other day, and he was like, "You think I liked every single coach I had in my career? No, no. Like it just it happens. You're not gonna like every single person you work with. You're not gonna like every boss you've ever had. Uh, but again, like going back to it." communication still has to happen. So as long as they're still communicating about the things that need to be communicated about, then I'm cool. And I think everybody else is cool. I, I'm not I'm not expecting them to go out to dinner with each other. I'm not oh. expecting them to, you know, go hang out on the be weekends besties. and watch football and be besties. No. But you know, as long as they can communicate in a professional manner with each other and and grow from this experience, then, then, then everything is all good. There's mm-hmm. a difference between like and respect. As long as DA still has respect for Monty Williams... As a coach, it does not matter whether he likes him at all. That's the key to it, and and, and vice versa. As long as Monty respects DA, he does not have to like him. Mm-hmm. 
And more importantly, like, can we please finally fucking move on from this topic? Like, I understand that it's something that people have been asking about. I understand people have wanted an update on this front, but like, there's a reason I did not ask this question. And a lot of the people that show up there every day did not ask this question. It's a tough question. And it's one that someone who doesn't come every day would probably ask. But Monty had said last time he was done talking about it. Now everyone hopefully will get the message and we can stop asking them about this thing. You have more faith in people yeah, than me. You do. You do. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that this is going to be the last we hear of it, but I do agree that it probably should be the last we hear of it unless there is like something that is a very obvious issue. If it's not the last we hear of it, I'm taking two steps back from Monty the next time somebody asks him a question because he's about to explode over this fucking thing. Well, like, I will say this, though. It's either the last we're going to hear about it or the last time we're going to hear about it until the next time we see some perceived you know, dispute or mm-hmm. argument on the sideline. And then, then this whole thing is going to come right back again. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you got to expect that at, at this point now. Yeah. Why do we, why do we act surprised though with the way Monty's not us, but other people act so surprised to the way Monty is handling this. He wore a hat that said basically this, this edict well done is better than well said. He doesn't give a crap about what's said in pleasantries. It's just get the job done. And I think that's what both these guys are going to try to do. Mm-hmm. All right. We do have some breaking news. Burr, 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 burr. So you want to sure. deliver this one? To yeah. Us? So a couple tweets from Baxter Holmes and then one by Woj. Um, first, Robert Sarver has chosen an investment bank to manage the sale of the Phoenix Suns. Banking officials tell ESPN that they expect the team will fetch a record price. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, in recent days, Suns Executive Vice President and CFO Jim Pittman relayed to the team to team employees that a fully executed sale of the team could take six to nine months, team sources said. That timeline would stretch through the 2022-23 season, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then Woj kind of um, had a follow-up tweet. Gerald, I think you have that. Oh, yeah. It said it'll be the highest price ever paid for an NBA team, one investment bank official tells Boom. ESPN. So the Suns are valuable. A shocker. <laughs> I, I mean, we were we were talking about how, you know, some people were speculating 2.5 or 3. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be more the 4.5 to 5 range. I think uh, I, the Clippers sold for 3.8, I think. Uh, two, what, I think weren't they 2.8? I think the Clippers were 2, but there two. was another NBA. T- I think the Nets were evaluated at like 3 point something, but I think Barclays With, was yeah. included in that. Okay, um, so... I mean that's 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 a lot of coin there. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of coin, and and hey, as the price goes up, and we we had this conversation the other day because there's a couple prospects that that Espo um, hopes will will come to, f- to fruition. Um, but I I my response to him was the more that price drives up, the more these people will drop off oh, yeah. uh, because you know you need a lot of uh, assets and you need a lot of coin to be able to afford an NBA franchise nowadays and. Oof, Jeff Bezos looking really, really good right about now. But that's now. why I think it may not take. And I get, and, and Jim Pittman, I know Jim, like, I, I get what he's saying. And, and in the usual typical scenario, that's the way a sale would take. But I mean, Jeff Bezos could come in and go, here's $8 billion. Let's yeah. get this over with because that would mean yep. nothing to him. And it's done like that. I mean, yeah, and there's, there's the paperwork, all that crap. But if somebody comes in, and just says enough with this. We're not going to nickel and dime this. We're just going to make an offer that uh, is well over value that nobody's going to uh, going to be able to match. This could be done really quick. And the kind of people that are going to be bidding that have that kind of money have the ego to just say, "I don't care if you told me it was worth four. I'm going to give you. Uh, I'm going to bid six so I can have this team sooner rather than later." Yeah. Uh, Brian wants to know how GoFundMe is going, Espo. We are not at $4 billion dollars <laughs> yet. We're close. We what about keep, <laughs> go to buythesuns.com and keep putting that money in because that, we got a long, long way to go. I just, I hope we can get there because I would love to own a team one day. That would be, be so much fun. Oh. It'd be pretty cool. <laughs> oh, man. Well, while this process drags out, and um, if you guys are also concerned about the process of the whole DA money thing dragging out, highly recommend you stock up on some OGs. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm the right one to be talking about OG <laughs> after the debacle that was yesterday. Um, so I think I'm just going to maybe stick to the script today so I don't accidentally say something really embarrassing. <laughs> but I do want to remind you guys 
Pet OGs has just launched their brand new sleep edition gummy, and you won't want to sleep on these. Yes, you heard us right. OGs is now flavoring dreams with a two to one THC. I think we need the ten OGs commandments. Thou shall not mention uppers and downers. That helps specifically with falling asleep and staying asleep. And these sleep edition gummies are in their new aqua berry flavor. They're very delightful. We highly recommend you check out OGs <laughs> online at OGs Brands. She's literally all script. And on Instagram at OGs Brands. You can also find their products at your local dispensary. But you must be 21 years or older to purchase. As Max, our uh, partnership guy. <laughs> Max is literally in the background looking so disappointed. Like overseeing this, I'm like, very aggressive. I want to know the emails and calls you got from OGs yesterday. That Lindsay Smith is a loose cannon. We cannot have her do our ads anymore. Please, please make sure she sticks to the script. I'm just standing by to jump in with a disclaimer at any time. I, I'm not our legal guy. Please don't make me be that guy. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there you go. That's your OG's ad read. You, okay, you guys tell me we have three topics that we mm-hmm. had planned to get into sure. for the rest mm-hmm. of the show. Are we just gonna do them all? We can yeah, sit through. Yeah. Right. We got time to fire. Okay. We have nobody coming in after us. So we all saw the news a few days ago that Miami Heat guard Tyler Hero agreed to a four-year, one hundred thirty million dollar contract extension. The question I have is, how do you think, or do you think that this could affect? Cam Johnson's impending extension. Oh, you're damn right. His agent saw that and went, maybe it's time to ask for a little bit more. I, you know, I, I, that it always impacts the market. We saw that, and I know it's a trade rather than free agency, but we saw it with the Rudy Gobert trade where that like screwed with the trade market for a while because people overvalued things. Well, if an agent sees the kind of contract that Tyler Hero signed, yeah, I, I think, I think that may, make things go a little bit longer than than we had hoped can't be getting that much no no but but they may go we want 10 million more than we were asking or 5 million more based on what the market set for a player now yeah it might impact it a little bit but i don't i just think the heat are way higher on tyler hero and irrationally so because if you looked at the responses to that news being reported it was very much why the hell are they giving him that much money I don't I don't know if that'll affect it as much because Cam, like we've been saying, Cam in like the 70 to 80 million dollar range over four years is probably what makes sense, what it's going to be. I, I don't see him getting what Mikhail Bridges got. And I don't there's no way that it'll even come close to this. I, I do. I see your point that it could inflate it a little bit, but I just I just think there are different standards for where the Suns view Cam Johnson yeah. as opposed to the unrealistic expectations <laughs> Miami has for Hero. Well, well if the if Cam's group is sitting at 80 and the Suns were sitting at 70 it's 75 be, yeah. that probably just entrenches them more right. at 80 because for sure. look at that. Yeah. You know, no, so. I, I agree with that. I also think that um, if you look at James Jones' track record with these type of situations, he doesn't He's not inclined to overpay just for the sake well, of overpay. Was that him or was that the guy holding the purse strings? We don't know. <laughs> Have you seen bad. Landry Shamit of late? But Landry Shamit is a good contract in the sense of the tradeability. 39.99999 average NBA salary. Average NBA salary. You could argue they overpaid campaign, even though that's a good, yeah. looked like a good contract. Yeah, we thought that was a steal and that wound <laughs> up being. He had a good game in the Suns uniform. Oh, man. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> Hi, Landry. <laughs> Can't wait to have him in studio. I really day. hope he never watches our show. He's never going to answer any of my questions just by association. I will, I, I will say this. I will say, Landry, if you're out there and you're listening to the show, uh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> also, uh, if you ever want to come in studio, I will, oh ex- my God. I will, I will excuse myself <laughs> for the show uh, so you can have my seat and you won't have to worry about me. He uh, said, don't worry. I won't be here. <laughs> Okay, how soon do you think we might see a cam deal get done? Do you anticipate it being before the season starts, or do you think the whole shenanigans behind the well, scenes with the DA's selling? Da's not getting not? a deal anytime soon, so there's not. Did that. I say Da? No, no, no. I'm just saying like, oh, we, so we can't use start. that. So, so James can't be like. DA, here's my offer. No? Okay, I'm going to give this much money to this guy. See, because Cam could use that as <laughs> oh, leverage. I see. see what I I'm see. saying? Yeah. You see where I went yeah. with that? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't 
I don't. It doesn't feel like anything's going to get done, but who knows? I think it's going to probably come down to the wire. We saw it with Landry, McHale, and Da last year. That McHale's was like the week of the deadline. Uh, Landry was like the a couple hours before, and Da obviously didn't get done in time. So I think it'll probably come down to that last week. Teams aren't in a rush to do this. They want to see how preseason plays out, probably to you know get the scoop from training camp how he's doing with that starting role. I think that'll all factor in here. If if Landry Shamit does drop a forty burger this year, hell, you know what? I'll what give are you, you doing? I will give you thirty. I will give you thirty, okay. and the chat can decide what I have to do the next show. Okay. Are there That's any dangerous. are there yeah. any <laughs> rules? <laughs> no, he Is said anything that can off the table because we already have tattoos thrown out. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not going to deface my body. Okay, and I'm not going to. Um, Put myself in legal trouble. Okay. Those are the two things. Those are good qualifiers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, oh, you got to run putting, naked around the fucking block. I'm no, putting on my lawyer brain that. for you right now. I'm trying to think of any other. Does good, hair, good like, does hair count? Sure. Okay. Huh? Would you, would you Landry Shaman, if you are watching game this one. video, Please I swear one. to God, if you don't get 30 points this year, you're going to lose game one. Dude, listen, first of all, if Landry came out and dropped 30 in game one, I will hate him more than ever before because he had it in him the whole time. Oh, but holding man. out for this stupid shit. Oh, oh my God. He had Landry, a I am your biggest I'm fan right sorry. now. Sorry, Dagoon, I'm not eating a Carol. <laughs> So oh, you got to make these rules a he, little like clear. So in his last game of the season, last regular season game, he had a 27-point game. So oh, I'm just, we are so I'm just saying, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Oh, my God. This has to happen. God. It would be like the last game of the season. It was. You know what? No, no, no. We're going to make it 40. We're going to make it 40. No. 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 We got to make it Gerald said, no, no, no. we're gonna okay, make it 40. Okay, hold on. 40 you started at 40, you went to 30, cut it in half, meet in the middle. 35. Okay, 35. Okay, 35. 35. I, will, I will give you 30. Mark it down, 35. Emma. We need Hello. this proof. 35. I'm not defacing my body, so I'm not getting a Brazilian butt lift, okay? <laughs> Sorry. You don't need it, Bookman. Thank you. You're I welcome. got a nice butt. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> All right, Gerald, you wrote a new piece over at gophnext.com about mm-hmm. how. Jock Landale is shaping up to land the Suns' backup center job. Without giving away all the goodies inside of that article, which you should all go read over at gophnext.com, give us the cliff notes of why you think this might be the case. Yeah, it's just kind of been something we've noticed over the last week, the way that guys have been talking about Landale, their chemistry with him both on and off the court, how quickly he's fit in here. Um, You know, Landale's been talking about, I have more open space with this team than I've ever had in my basketball career, just reading off of where Book and CP and some of these other guys are going to be, it really makes my job easy. Um, and we saw it in the preseason game. He was the first big off the bench. Uh, Biombo only played three minutes. Sharch didn't play at all. I think that might just be in Sharch's case. They're waiting to ramp up his minutes a little bit because he's still coming back. Um, but yeah, I, I do think Landale, the way that Monty's talked about him, all these guys... It seems like he's the favorite to be the backup center right now. And he had a lot of good things to say about how he's been fitting in and his chemistry with the guys and all that basketball stuff. So if you want to go read the article, go to gophnx.com. I like his energy. I like mm-hmm. his his ability on the offensive boards. I think that brings something different. I mean, really, it comes down to him and Dario, but we heard Monty saying, Dario is going to have a, a bit of a different role this year. I wonder if he was hinting at power forward, back at power forward more than mm-hmm. uh, more than anything, and that that Jock has impressed enough where he slides into that that backup center spot. Yeah, that's the other part of it. Is Monty has talked about playing Sarge as a four, so if he's doing that, that means he wants to carve out minutes for Jock. And um, yeah, so I think it's going to be. I, I, he also mentioned one thing today in practice about campaign only having rim rolling bigs last year and how much having Sharich and Kaminsky as these floor spacing pick and pop bigs opened up driving lanes for Payne. So I think that's important to them to have another five who can do that. Um, and maybe at this point in the process, Landale is just showing more ability to do that right now than Sharich can. All right. So we've got a couple ways for you guys to win some free stuff here. So we're going to round out the show by telling you all about these possibilities for you to to snag some free things. First and foremost, 
New customers who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Do you guys have a pick of the week that could potentially help new customers on the DraftKings Sportsbook app win these $200 in free bets? I don't take the Cardinals to win this weekend. Cardinals yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. They're a plus 200. They're five and a half point uh, underdog. Um, I'm actually going to go uh, with a parlay um, and pick uh, not only the Cardinals, but I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers to upset the San Francisco 49ers and the Detroit Lions to beat the Patriots as well. Okay. Okay. Is Detroit yeah. a, an upset at this point, though, with how bad the Patriots look and they're playing like a six-string quarterback? I mean, the Patriots lost in overtime to the Packers in Green Bay. How's that bad? Yeah, but I, I just – I don't think they – I, their their lineup doesn't look as impressive as. I mean, they're still a good team, though. All right, I'll give you that. Wait, why did we say in the chat Espostas to eat any food of Saul's choosing on the show? Because of Southwest bias. That was, that was supposed to happen on yeah, this show. It still hasn't. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. There's been a lot of bets on this Southwest bias show that have not come to fruition. We probably need to do that. Let's I have to wear. Do it. I have to wear a Sun Devil shirt on you the show did, too. Though. You wore I the wore Josh, Josh Stone shirt, that and apparently that doesn't count. You tried to pay it up. I mean, that's the so. I Sean is back count. there. Says it doesn't count. He's the one that I had to battle. Um, so I guess uh, I'm going to have to wear a different shirt. It's mm -hmm. fine because Can it's going to come back Friday? around. And Sean will have to wear something fucking awful when I beat his ass the next time. Can we do this on Friday? Sure. You pay your bets, and then Espo, you pay your bets. <laughs> sure. Do a little fun Friday. Fun. Sure, sure. Friday I fun, love this. Sure. Okay, let's let's make this actually happen. But that was your DraftKings pick of the week. It's a chance for you guys to win some free cash from them over there, not only in the free bets, but also if you take Saul's advice, you might just win some cold, hard cash in general. Um, to make things even sweeter, they the DraftKings Sportsbook app allows you to throw down on their stepped-up same-game parlays once her game day, all season long. So it's really simple. Just head on over to uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, download it, use the promo code PHNX. Again, that's promo code PHNX only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, the next thing that you guys could potentially win. We saw a tweet today from Katie. I'm sorry if I butchered the last name. Heindel? Heindel. I think is what we're going to go with. Mm -hmm. She's at... W-T-E-V-S, and Whatevs. she is a writer for Slam and um, Dime, Dime, right? Mm -hmm. Dime, Uproxx, a whole bunch of them. And she said, wish I could tell you which NBA athlete just ended our interview challenging CP3 and book to a heated bowling match. But alas, you'll have to wait. Mm. So we shared this on our Twitter, at PHNX underscore signs. And we're going to give a free PHNX shirt to whoever can first correctly guess who this player is. So obviously it's kind of a little bit of a waiting game because we got to wait for her to share <laughs> who actually said this uh, or put this challenge out there. But if you have not already, go chime in on Twitter and let us know who you think this is. Who do you guys think it is? I think it's Kawhi. Could be Kawhi. It just seems it seems odd enough to be Kawhi Leonard. Really? Yes. I mean that would be hilarious. Brian mm. says it's Pat Bev. See, I could see that no, too. I think Pat Bev wouldn't wouldn't want bowling. I, bowling doesn't strike me as Pat Bev. I think Pat Bev would make a competition out of whatever. <laughs> I like most athletes. I feel like would. I like Boban. Boban, <laughs> Boban so challenging them to bowling. I don't know. I didn't see her at Suns practice today, so I'm wondering maybe it's a former Suns player from like a recent. Team? I don't think it's a Suns no, player. I think saying, it's somebody yeah. else in the NBA. You know what we need to do? We need I'm to find her JaVale. Instagram. JaVale. We need to see her stories and see where she's at today. <clears throat> I'm, I'm guessing if she's posted. I'm guessing it's Javale McGee. That's going to be my guess. Javale McGee. It's Luca. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody quote tweeted, I don't remember the name of the person, so sorry, but somebody quote tweeted her tweet and said that when they were looking up to try and figure out who around the NBA was an avid bowler, mm. apparently Chris Paul is. Yeah. That's why they I that's had no why, idea. That's why he got challenged. No, I knew he was. I just didn't know I didn't know Devin Booker was. It, did it say player? Or yeah. NBA? Yeah, like NBA well, athlete. NBA athlete, so I would okay. have guessed yeah. player. Yeah. So you so you're going with I'm gonna say Javel. Saul? I'm going to go, I'm going to say Dame. 
Okay, Ooh, that's, a, that's good a good one. I'll stick with Kawhi. Okay, okay I'm going to go PJ Tucker. Okay. I don't know why he would be in an interview with no, them, but PJ seems like I mean, he's, he might be fun. PJ wouldn't be caught dead in bowling shoes. <laughs> well, he would have his own custom bowling yeah. shoes. That maybe that could be <laughs> true. He wants to show off the that, that could be true. Shoes. The new kicks. I don't know. So those are the four that we're going to go with. Again, if you guys want to potentially win a shirt and let us know your thoughts, head on over to our Twitter at PHNX underscore. you have thoughts. something to add, Emma? I just looked at her Instagram stories and there's nothing of her anywhere other than her house five hours ago. Okay. Does it <laughs> where, give a location? Where does she does it give live? a location of where she lives? <laughs> this is getting no, creepy. Yeah, we're going to do some research. <laughs> Sleuths be sleuthing. <laughs> <laughs> Her home address is right, right near See, this arena. Five, ten minutes, I'll track the IP address. <laughs> oh my God, workers are on it. Let's go. Um. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. We appreciate you. Glad you guys could get a little bit of Saul and Espo shenanigans to start the season <laughs> off strong. We will see you tomorrow. We all, we all brought shenanigans today. <laughs> Yeah, but it's mostly the two of you. It's always mostly the two of us. Mm-hmm. Gerald was involved. Also, uh, Emma, scroll back up to that rude guy in the in the comments who oh, was no. like, "You, you're an idiot." Luca's a point guard. Uh, there's a proper discourse here, and you're not following it, so you're an idiot. Okay. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Ending the show with positivity. <laughs> yeah. Suck it, guy. Okay, I have one final thing. Because oh. I was scrolling up through the, the chats, too. But wait, there's more. Brian said, can someone please explain to me the beach-hugging debacle okay, involving I think, someone named Josh? I've heard it referenced on multiple PhDs. Okay, I now. think he's met beer-chugging, and I'm mm. guessing he means Johnny, who held a... Here, oh, God. I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> he had, yeah, he held his he beer like this last year. Was, uh, he, he held his was, hand under his... Uh, under his can and yeah, it, was uh, it, was it was dainty. Oh, okay. We actually have a shirt that was made out of it too. <laughs> Do we really? Cheerston has one. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Bless his heart. Yeah, so that's it. I think it's on our Instagram page somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's definitely oh, on here's our Here's the photo right here. There oh, it is. There it there is. You there's Johnny. That's what happened. That's all his the... beer chugging Damn. glory. I did not think we were going to get some Johnny shade <laughs> today on this show. Cashing some strays. Uh-huh. I love it. That's tough, Johnny. Absolutely amazing. Okay, we're going to go now. You can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And, of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. If you ever do anything and we try to find you, Emma's on the case. Watch out. Ahoy, hoy. Gonna let go. PHNX though. Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. I've always wrecked the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G. No plan B. Always on the job. My team move like the mob. Turn the beat on. I throw it.